Welcome to From Ashes to Beauty with John Ortberg. Each day, Monday through Friday, you'll find 10 minutes of relevant spiritual guidance on the kind of people we are becoming. Follow us on YouTube at becomenew.me or receive daily text alerts when a new episode is published by texting the word BECOME to the number 56525. Invite a friend to listen along by sharing this podcast or sharing the link becomenew.me. We're glad you're here. And now, here's John. Well, my friends, we have been on this journey together from ashes, repentance, uh, finitude, limitations, brokenness, suffering, to beauty. And we've learned I can't, but there is one who can, and I think I'll let him. And so I'll do a fearless and searching moral inventory, and I will get honest about my life with God, with myself, and with another person. And I will get ready and ask God to remove my character defects, and I'll make a list of not just people that I'm mad at that have hurt me, but people that I have harmed and seek to make amends to them. And all is quite a tall order. So today we come to actually a wonderful milestone, a really important moment that helps make our journey to beauty sustainable and something that we're able to continue from one day to the next. And that is that we continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. Now, the reason this is so important that this enables us to go from one day to the next day to the next day is something that probably a lot of us have experienced during this season. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I will come to something like this Lenten season, this period before Easter when I'm trying to get ready and have thoughts like, man, I'm really going to get it right this time. I'm really going to be different this time. I'm going to have experiences of prayer. I'm going to devote myself to God. I'm going to enter into new spiritual realities. There are defects inside me that I'm so tired of that I'm going to get rid of. This is really going to be different. And I'll have this kind of romanticized, glamorized view of what my spiritual life and character is going to be like. And then I actually go through this season and it doesn't look the way that I wanted it to. And I fall short. I fail. I was talking to a friend yesterday who was saying, honestly, right now, I'm kind of approaching this season like I can't, he can. I'm trying to let him from one hour to the next. I think about, for me, going into this Lent, one of the commitments that I made was that I'm not going to have wine during the Lenten season. That's one of the fasts that I will keep. And when I was talking to Nancy about that ahead of time, she said, you know, This season of life has been so difficult, so challenging for us. I think we ought to be adding comfort to our lives, not taking them away. And I said, no, 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 I can do this. And for a couple of weeks, I did. And then I had a terrible day, just a horrible day with horrible, painful news. And two people in my family said, so uh, are you going to have a glass of wine tonight? Nope, I'm not going to let this keep me from fulfilling that commitment. I can make it till tomorrow. And I did. And the next day, it got worse. The next day, the news was even worse than it was the first day. Same question. Nope. I'm just staying right on board here. And then then came the third day, and the third day, the news was worse yet again. It was just God-awful news. And this time, I was down with my mom, and I said, Mom, I think I'll have a glass of wine for dinner. And I did. I flunked Lent. And I'm supposed to be the Lenten leader. And actually, gang, that's kind of the point is that we fail and we stumble. Now, I'm back on that track now, but uh, that's part of the journey. 
and uh, that's why this step is so important. And here's the distinction that I want to make today. This is these are the two key words for you to remember. We are after progress, not perfection. Our goal is progress, not perfection. We don't beat ourselves up over failing to achieve perfection. Perfectionism, ironically, is such a killer for the spiritual life. Now, we want to move towards uh, living in that perfect love and grace and power and peace of God. But I'm not going to arrive there, not in this life. Perfectionism causes me to compare myself to other people. And I think, look at that person's perfect um, body or career or family or character or intelligence and then I feel so inadequate or I think look how far I have to go and how far I have fallen short and it becomes overwhelming and so discouraging and that way is death and what we're called to do is not to aim at perfectionism so just give that one up it's just about progress just today I continue to take moral inventory from one day to the next to see where do I stand? God, and where I'm wrong, I promptly admit it. Where I'm wrong, now, part of what this means is that sometimes to keep this step, you gotta be wrong. And you don't even have to try to do that. The good news is you'll be wrong all the time. So that's just kind of a given. The question is, will you recognize it and then admit it and not just admit it, but promptly admit it? And the way that I do that is I take this example of inventory, this little practice of taking moral inventory, and instead of just doing it one time in my life, I actually make it a habit. Uh, a little reminder on that, this is a pair of shoelaces. And um, there is a story. Some of you will know there are files online. There are whole books of stories that people who are preachers use. Who knows if any of them ever actually happen or not. This is one of them. They just kind of teach out lessons. And this is about a boy who one day learned how to tie his shoes for the first time. And his mom thought this would be a moment of great celebration, but he's just sitting there weeping. And she says, son, what's the matter? This is a great thing. You've learned how to tie your shoes. And he says, yes, but now I will have to do it every day for the rest of my life. And of course he will. But what he doesn't know is it will become a habit. He can outsource it to his fingers. We've been learning about the power of habit. And the beauty of habit is then you don't have to exert nearly so much effort in it anymore. You don't have to, to feel like, look at what a good person I am. It just becomes something that is a part of life, second nature. And so doing the fearless and fearless and searching, not fearless and searching, this is celebration of inadequacy and imperfection. Uh, doing that inventory becomes habitual. And I do that each day. It's, it's part of what I do in the morning so that I can just take a look at what's going on in my life. Now, our example in this, our inspiration is the Apostle Paul. He's running to the church at Philippi. And he has been trying to capture for them the beauty, the wonder of the person of Christ and the Spirit of Christ, who lives together with us, the Holy Spirit, and the life which Christ taught and he himself lived and makes available to us through his death on the cross and his resurrection. Paul says, that's what I want to know. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, and so become like him somehow and attain to the resurrection. But then Paul goes on, not that I have already obtained this, 
not that I have already arrived. And then he says, not that I have been made perfect. And he uses a word that can be sometimes translated mature or complete or whole. And Paul, the Apostle Paul says, that's not me. Perfectionism, uh, that is not me. And the reason that he says this is there were people in Philippi, as there are in every community, that thought that they had arrived. And Paul, Paul actually goes on in another sentence to say, um, uh, I reckon that this has not happened. He uses a word legizomai. We get our word logic from that. Uh, I have calculated precisely. I'm not there. I haven't arrived. I'm not perfect. I, I'm not expecting that. Now, does that discourage Paul? Does that make Paul say, well, I guess it'll never happen. I guess I'm just condemned to a life of inadequacy. I guess other people are all passing me up. Not at all. Not at all. It causes Paul to double down. Paul says, therefore, I do one thing. Forgetting what is behind. And the idea there is, I refuse to allow whatever has happened in my past to negatively impact my present. Forgetting what is behind. I press on, I'm straining, I'm like a champion running a race, looking forward, every muscle moving towards the goal to grasp the price for which I have been grasped. I'm making progress, I'm showing up, I'm doubling down, I just don't quit, I keep going because there is no other goal worth pursuing because there is no other man worth following more than the great Christ. And so that's what we do. And now what we have been learning to take an inventory that's fearless and searching is not something that I just do one time. During the day when I'm stuck, when I'm confused, when I'm troubled by something, when I'm angry, I can just pause and examine myself. What's going on in my heart? What am I feeling? God help me to help me to know my thoughts. And then once during the day, for me, I do this in the morning. I just pause and look back over the previous day and ask God, help me to see this day. What do I have to be thankful for? What helped me to feel connected with you? And then where did I disconnect? Where did I flunk Lent? And forgive me, God, and give me power for the next day. And then periodically, there'll be a little longer times when I do that kind of inventory thing with my friend Rick. But uh, that just becomes a habit, kind of like tying your shoes. I continue to do that day by day by day, day by day by day, to follow the one who alone is worth following on the trail from ashes to beauty. So don't quit. Not about perfection, just about progress. You can do that with God's help. I'll see you tomorrow.